I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Anthony Culligan, Chief Engineer of Settle. Settle is the company that has just, in January 2021, concluded an experiment with Banque de France on a central bank digital currency on their own blockchain. We are only at the beginning of the blockchain journey still, aren't we? That's true. We are only at the beginning. Settle was established in 2015 and has completed a couple of live infrastructures, most notably a CSD, which is linked to the European Central Bank and Settle's commercial paper on the T2S system. The second live infrastructure we have is a transfer agency business, which is a registrar for fund ownership. And that's called Easiness. And that is live and up and running today as well. But we are only at the beginning. We're seeing a lot of innovation in this space and a lot of interest in how the technology can be applied in markets and market infrastructure. It seems to have taken a while. People have been talking to me about blockchain for, well, years now. Why has it taken so long or has it not been so long? Am I, am I misinterpreting what's happening? I don't think it's as long as, as that. I mean, as I say, we came into existence in 2015 and had our first fundraising in 2016. So we're only five years into what I think is a very transformational journey. But it's not the only thing that's happening in financial services and, and fintech. I think it's one of a number of very large transformations going on. But a lot based around bringing infrastructure and financial services into the cloud environment. And this is part of that journey of putting things into the cloud environment. Well, now, there was a big fanfare in January with the news of the experiment with Banque de France. Tell us a little bit more about that. Banque de France asked for expressions of interest earlier last year, April, May of last year. And what they wanted to do was to have real tests of central bank digital currency on real infrastructure. I think there were about 80 applications to the Banque de France, and they chose eight and settled with a consortium which comprised Citibank, Casais, DXC, and Easiness, and Offi Asset Management, all put together a, a proposal together, and we were the first to be selected for that test. And we completed the test in December and announced the results in January. What happens next? Successful test, what's the next step? I think it raises a number of issues. Firstly, the Banque de France has seven other tests that they now need to carry out, so they're, they're in a process. I expect they will finish that sometime this year, maybe, maybe third quarter this year, at which point they will look at the lessons they've learned on exercising central bank digital currency in live market infrastructure. The lessons they've learned, I think, include there's a number of changes needed to legislation. There'll be recommendations, I expect, around how central bank digital currency will be held by banks and by other financial institutions, which actors will play a role in central bank digital currency, and how even mundane things like how will central bank digital currency be accountable for by users of central of, of CBDC. Well, this is something that has up to a point slipped under the radar of a lot of people because most of the fanfare about fintech and the adoption of new technology and financial services has been in the retail banking space. 
And this still is probably something that most people wouldn't pay attention to. What's the significance of it in a broader sense? What are the applications that will come out of it? Broadly speaking, central banks have managed their own currencies. So every central bank has their own real-time gross settlement system. And what that means is that when large banks want to settle transactions between themselves, they may do one half of the transaction on a market infrastructure like, say, Crest, and then they have to settle the other half of the transaction, the movement of the money, on a completely separate system, which is the RTGS system. So technically, that's a complicated thing to do, and it requires a lot of coordination between these two market infrastructures. What central bank digital currency allows, one of the things it allows is for central banks to project their currency into market infrastructures. So, for example, the Bank of England could be projecting its currency into Crest, into LCH, into other market infrastructures. And that allows those market infrastructures to move central bank digital currency as part of their operation. It means that you could do much more easily, you could do settlements of large transactions between banks, which involve, say, stocks and cash being moved at the same time. It means that, for example, in clearing houses, large clearing houses, where there are literally trillions of pounds of assets being moved on a weekly basis, it means that those margin transactions could be done in central bank money instantaneously and very, very frequently on an automated basis. That reduces exposure between banks if they can have final settlement within a a market infrastructure. There's no interbank exposure. uh, It reduces systemic risk across the board in financial services. That would make a very big difference to the speed of the underlying and the safety of the underlying infrastructure. So people would start to see a lot more real-time activity in the front end. At the moment, they they have lots of very fancy apps and and web apps, but behind the scenes, there's still a little bit of lead piping which needs to be replaced to really supercharge what's happening on on the surface. So more security, more efficiency, presumably because of both those things, a cheaper way of doing business for central banks. It should be a cheaper way of business for, 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 for financial services as a whole, because it's not necessarily the central banks that bear the cost of the complications of manipulating money in one way and securities and other assets in a completely different way. That sort of coordination is expensive and difficult. Can we clarify the understanding of what a central bank digital currency actually is for someone? Because the digital currency everybody's most familiar with is something like Bitcoin or Ethereum and all the other digital currencies that are floating around. What's a CBDC compared to one of those? A central bank digital currency compared to cryptocurrencies is something which is issued by the central bank of a, of a country. So the Bank of England could issue a central bank digital currency in sterling. The Federal Reserve could issue a central bank digital currency in dollars. And they're useful 
for day-to-day transactions because we all we all live and transact in dollars and pounds and euros. We don't live and transact in Bitcoin because it's really difficult to understand how much a Bitcoin is worth in the day-to-day. Individual national currencies are more, much more useful on a day-to-day basis than cryptocurrencies because they're issued by the central bank and the central bank has the power to create and redeem that individual currency, they are free of any default risk. So there's no constraint on central banks actually meeting the obligations of a central bank digital currency. So they they are, if you like, and and to to use perhaps an inappropriate word, they're the gold standard of digital currencies. They have the convenience of the cryptocurrencies in the way that they can be instantly transferred between parties to, but they have the stability of the currencies that we we use every every day. You did touch on this, but would this be something that only ever appears on the account books of major banks doing major interbank settlements, or would I, as an individual in the future, end up with two bank accounts, one that has pounds in it and one that has e-pounds in it? That's a very good question. At the heart of that is the difference between the account that you have today with your bank and a central bank digital currency. So the account that you have with your bank is a a promise from that bank. And that promise is only as good as the credit worthiness of that bank. So the bank intermediates between you and your money, and they may have some other assets on, on the other side of of the promise they've made to you. For you and I, maybe that maybe that doesn't mean much in, in, t- in stable times, but certainly when it comes to you know, a central bank digital currency is a promise directly from the central bank to you. There is no credit risk between you and your money. So that has large implications for institutions because institutions tend to hold things in Custody, so they hold their shares in custody. If, if an institution holds a hundred million pounds worth of BP shares, they have a custodian, and if the custodian goes bankrupt, those shares are protected. In other words, they're not, they're not owned by the custodian; they're held in trust for the for the institution. What central bank digital currency allows is for money to be held in trust in the same way as shares are held in trust. So they can be, it'll be money in custody. And that's, that's a new concept for institutions that will protect them from credit risk on their cash balances. I said right at the beginning of this conversation that we're only at the start of the journey. What does the end of the journey look like? Yeah, that's, a, that's another, another good question. I think the end of the journey is... If we look back at how we used to use cash 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was very prevalent in our day-to-day lives. We could hold cash. The cash in, in the form of notes and coins is directly on the balance sheet of the central bank, and we are able to exchange that freely amongst ourselves without a banking system, or and a banking system, not just the technology, but also the the relationships, the credit between participants. I think that there is a role for for that sort of money in society. It's been diminished a lot as we've moved to electronic 
money, but our electronic money has pushed banking and payment rails together into one institution. So in 2008, when we talked about systemic risk, we had failing banks, but they were connected to payment rails. Failing payment rails would have been a disaster for consumers. So separating out payment rails and banking is what I think the future is going to be. And central bank digital currency is, is more about offering a electronic payment rail, which is not banking and just allows us to move money around electronically in a way which is similar to, the, to how we used to pass um, banknotes between each other. Anthony Culligan, Chief Engineer of Settle, thank you very much.